that has been this year. A lot has been doing things imperfectly, but still doing them, finding the value in the simple things, and um, still finding things to laugh about together. This episode has been a metaphor for homeschooling, Mom. (laughs) It's a metaphor for homeschooling. Yes. Welcome to Homeschool Conversations with Humility and Doxology, a series of interviews with real-life homeschool moms, dads, and other educators on all sorts of topics that affect our lives as homeschool parents. I'm Amy Sloan, a second-generation homeschool mom of five, and I am so delighted that you are here. Here on Homeschool Conversations, we'll discuss educational philosophy, family life, and more. Come chat with us. You started the homeschool year wanting to encourage a love of learning and experience joy-filled homeschool days. But now you and the kids are tired, cranky, and maybe even a little bored. The long, dark slog between the holidays and spring can feel endless. It's easy to feel like our homeschool has become one grumpy checklist after another but it doesn't have to be that way. Let's beat the February slump and bring wonder and delight back to our winter homeschools. My free five-day winter wonder homeschooling challenge will give you quick wins each day and easy ways to bring the love of learning back to your homeschool. I've teamed up with some incredible folks to bring you a week filled with story, art, music, science, poetry, and more. You'll receive daily activities, including videos and hands-on fun for every age range in your homeschool, downloadable PDFs you can save and enjoy for months to come, and access to some incredible workshops and resources for moms to learn and enjoy as well. There's over $300 worth of invaluable homeschool resources you get for free, plus some pretty epic homeschool giveaways. This is coming soon, so you don't want to miss out. Save your spot at the link in the show notes or go to humilityanddoxology.com slash winterwonderchallenge to find out more details. Again, that's humilityanddoxology.com slash winterwonderchallenge. Hey friends, we are kicking off another season of the Homeschool Conversations with Humility and Doxology podcast. And I am joined by popular demand. Hello. <laughs> by my daughter, Emma. Hi, Emma. Hello. Would you introduce yourself to yes. the internet? Well, I am the most repeated guest on this most fabulous podcast. I'm Emma Sloan, Amy's daughter. And yeah, I don't know. How I'd, old are you? I'm What's 16, a junior. Mm-hmm. I think that's how grades work. <laughs> um, Hashtag homeschooler. Oh, yes. Uh, and... I do lots of things, read other stuff. I don't know. And you podcast. I do podcast, yes. Not only here with me, but people can also find you frequently as a co-host on... The Kids Talk Church History Podcast with the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Yeah, so that is a really fabulous podcast for the, the whole family can enjoy. Indeed. Each episode, you guys have special guests, and your sister Grace also now is co-hosting with you. Yes. Sometimes I've even heard Emma sing on there. It's, Not always. you know, only at Christmas. <laughs> That's a vibe. <laughs> well, we have a tradition where we kick off the new podcast season with some listener Q&A. 
And we're going to try something a little new this time with a special read, watch, listen segment that not only are you and I going to participate in, but I've actually already interviewed Mm. your younger sisters. So two new guests today. Very excited about that. But here at the beginning, I did just sort of want to give like a little update on our family and what's been happening in our lives. This has been an exciting time. Wow. It has um, definitely had a lot of changes since the last time we recorded. It's been an adventure. One of these episodes. Yeah. So, and actually, I sometimes just assume everyone knows, but recently someone actually reached out to me and um, had found out about some of the things going on and said they were um, a podcast listener, but had no idea what had been happening. So, I thought, well, for anyone who... Let's catch you all up. (laughs) Yeah. Let's catch you up on um, the Sloan family life. So... Um, back in August, when Emma and I originally recorded our last episode, you know, we were recovering from being sick. Our whole family had 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 a had a virus of some sort, and most of us bounced back as we started back to school. But my youngest son Isaac, who was eight years old, just seemed to be having um, a difficulty recovering from that sickness, um, and ended up being diagnosed with leukemia in September, at the beginning of September. So that has definitely uh, been a challenge over the past few months for our family as he has undergone um, treatment. And um, you can follow along with that uh, in my my Instagram stories. I, I do try to keep up up to date there because so many of you have been an encouragement to our family. We appreciate your prayers, your encouragement, um, your emails, and your messages uh, have meant so very much to us. And so um, if you want to kind of catch up, if this is new to you, I do have highlights in my Instagram, uh, on my Instagram profile, and you can see the story of, of the past few months for Isaac. Um, but I think one of the things that's been interesting is, uh, how that's impacted our, our homeschool this fall. It's definitely changed a lot of the plans I had made, um, by necessity and it's caused me to double down and say, okay, the things that actually are most important, what are the things, um, when we have to throw out a lot, a lot of you have been very good things, what are the things we want to keep? And um, and it's made me really all the more thankful for the time we spend reading aloud together, singing psalms and hymns together, uh, reciting scripture and poetry together. Um, and I've been thankful that we've been able to to maintain that habit this year, uh, even in the midst of of what's been frankly a lot of upheaval. Um, Emma, do you have any <laughs> any thoughts about how that's um, I don't know. It's been very interesting, but we, we persevere by yeah. God's grace. <laughs> yes, yes. We are definitely seeing God's mercies new each and every morning. And, um, you know, that that moment by moment um, sustaining grace of the Holy Spirit. So, um, yeah, I, I don't necessarily want to, like, go into a lot of details about that here uh, mainly because I would probably start crying. <laughs> um, but uh, we are doing well um, and persevering by God's grace. And um, I will just say, you know, I think it it can be a, a, a productive question for anyone to ask themselves as you're thinking about your homeschool and what things you 
are going to prioritize, um, you know, ask yourself if, if there's a time of crisis and I have to really simplify in a way I never thought I was going to have to simplify, um, what would be those things that would be the non-negotiables? Like what are you going to keep when you have to throw out 90% of your plans? Um, and then make sure those priorities actually come first in your homeschool day um, because those things matter. So I think that has been uh, something I have have learned or have been thankful for this year in our homeschool. Yeah. Um, but uh, our oldest son has been in college. Uh, he's been doing well there. It's been nice to still have him living at home and be able to to see him on occasion when he's not living his, his best, you know, lifestyle. Social life. Social life, yeah. <laughs> and um, we have had some good read-aloud times. We just finished yeah. Caddy Woodlawn and have uh, begun – Around the world in eighty days, lots of good poetry and scripture, and I don't know. Yeah, there have been a lot of a lot of good points. Um, so that is the update on our family and our homeschool. Yeah. <laughs> Let's continue on to the more exciting things. What you're all here for? <laughs> yes, here for the questions. So um, we have a few questions from some guests, and that or not from some guests. From some listeners. Listeners who are really interested to know. Yes. And then we will do Read, Watch, Listen. And then I'll talk to you a little bit about what you can expect here on the podcast this season. All right, Emma. What's our first question? Alrighty. So this first question, which I find kind of funny, but um, is this is from Megan. And she says, we are not runners over here by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm finding 5Ks to be a fun family activity. So this question is for you and your girls, as I believe all of you are runners. Do you prefer music or audiobooks or neither when running? If music, what are some songs you'd recommend? We're not runners, but thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> hey, no, by runners, we are people who run. Sure. And in fact, Emma is selling herself short. So we are very slow and we're not going to win any races, but – Or enjoy it. Hey, <laughs> speak for yourself. The races are fun, but not the practice. We we all ran and – well, let's see. Emma and Grace and my husband and I all ran a local 10K in November. It's the same 10K we've run a, a few times here. Um, we all finished. We did all finish. I was we very got proud medals. of us. Um, in, <laughs> in fact, Emma and Grace both uh, placed in their age groups. Very technically. Which <laughs> which just goes to show that showing up is uh, half the battle. Boom. Um, so, yes, um, to answer your question, <laughs> when I am going for like a walk or a jog on my own by myself, I prefer to listen to podcasts. In fact, that's when I used to get a lot of my podcasting time in was out on my walks or jogs. Um, but once I started doing the training with Grace, my 11-year-old, I um, one of the things that was good about that this fall was it gave us an opportunity to have some one-on-one -on -one time together, um, especially since I was in the hospital quite a bit with Isaac. So um, most of the time, actually, we didn't really listen to anything uh, just because we were able to, you know, keep the earbuds out and um, chat a little bit as we would catch our breath. Um, and then as we 
got a little bit better and some of our runs were getting a little longer and we needed some motivation. I have a playlist of very, very super peppy songs. So this is not when I am prioritizing, you know, like good music, quote unquote. I am going for, you know, the country, the Imagine Dragons, the like dude perfect style um soundtrack music you know just like the stuff that has a a good driving beat and keeps you going while you're running um and so if it comes to music that's what I need while I'm running something just sort of distracting and fun and that's going to keep me on pace but I will also say um two apps these are both free apps that I find really helpful with running um one I just searched and found a Tabata app and it has a little alarm. So uh, when I do my running and when I was doing the running with Grace, we do a run-walk pattern from the very beginning. And so with a Tabata timer app, you can just set it up with whatever interval you want. And so every time it dings, you know it's time to start running. And then, you know, the next ding, it's time to start walking. So you don't have to pay attention to a watch or anything um, you can just follow the dings automatically, and that's really helpful. And then the Strava app, S-T-R-A-V-A, is a, another free app. Um, I don't have, uh, you know, a, another way of, of tracking my my steps, or I don't have a Fitbit or anything like that. And so that app is what we would use to map our runs and to track our distance, and that was really helpful Um, I just have it set up on the strictest privacy, so basically just I can see what I've done. Um, But it's it's a nice way to keep keep track of our of our running and walking. So yeah, that would be my recommendation. Uh, Find you know some sort of distracting podcast or something of interest that you can listen to, um, or just go with really super peppy music. Um, Consider doing a run walk interval and be able to track what you've done. And, you know, kind of like what Emma was joking about, you don't have to be fast. You don't even have to like consider yourself to be an athlete or a runner to to still do it. And um, hey, you never know. Go out for a race. and You might win. You might win. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So this, so there are actually three parts to this question. So I think I'm going to read them separately so that, you know, we can remember what the question was. So this is from Amy. And first she asks, what are your favorite memories from when you were homeschooled? Ah, yeah. So if you did not know this, I was myself homeschooled um, all the way through high school graduation. And I would say some of my favorite memories are from road trips we would take. All of our vacationing kind of things were always field trips, essentially, to historic sites or battlefields. Um, Anytime we would see a sign on the highway for like a used bookstore or antique store, we would totally get sidetracked and go look through the shelves. And those are definitely some of my my very favorite memories are just all those field trips um, and adventures, the hands-on learning we did, and just just chatting about all sorts of ideas and um, you know, getting those theology books and spreading them all over the table. I mean, to be fair, you can sit on a book, but you can't read a chair. So that is, as they say, (laughs) that is what my mom always said. So we definitely bought a lot more books than we did furniture. And I think that was a, a good choice. There you go. All right. So second question, 
How have you handled foreign language study in your homeschool? Do you start at a certain age? Do you require a certain language or do they get a choice? What do you use? Anything you feel like sharing, I want to hear. Okay, well, I will just tell you what I have done, and I don't know that this is necessarily good or right or the best way, but it is just what we have done. So I personally really enjoy Latin and studied it um, through college. And so, you know, if you have a random niche um, skill, what's the point of homeschooling if you don't pass that knowledge along? If you don't force it on your own children. (laughs) Exactly. So there certainly are other good considerations for Latin, but um, that is is definitely a part of it. Uh, so we have done Latin as a family beginning in uh, middle elementary, early elementary, depending on the child. And uh, we have required thus far our two oldest. Uh, you never know. I feel like I'm going to record this and <laughs> it's going to be one of those things that the younger siblings get out of and the older siblings are going to be so mad. <laughs> you know, oldest child. I'm sorry, Emma. Alas. But we have required our older two teens to take all the way up through uh, high school Latin two. And then they could make a choice of either taking a third year of Latin or moving to a different uh, foreign language. For two and years. For two years, correct. So uh, my oldest son, uh, being of efficiency mindset, <laughs> was like, well, then obviously I will just take Latin three, <laughs> which he did. Uh, Emma, you made a different choice. Do you want to talk about what you did? Yeah. So I really didn't like Latin. Um And so I was like, I am going to do a different language because I've also really wanted to do French for a very long time. So I did my two years of French. And then I was like, wait, I want to keep going. So then I did a third year of French. And now I kind of regret that I didn't keep up the skill of Latin because, yeah, I feel like now I have a better appreciation for it. But also taking some distance was very good. And I really, really like French a lot. So... Yeah, so we are doing Latin still with my sixth grader and my eighth grader. Uh, Latin was part of the plan for for Isaac for my third grader this year, uh, but that didn't happen. Yeah, it's fine. that was that was a BC plan before cancer plan. <laughs> we are, are we are focusing primarily on like math and reading and eating and staying hydrated with him. So that's that's our big plan for him right now. But we will we will resume resume Latin. And um, I will say, though, that my middle daughter has expressed some interest uh, in doing some Spanish this spring. We happen to have some Spanish resources on the shelf. And so I was like, well, if you want to work on that on your own while also doing Latin, by all means, who, why would I say no to such a wonderful, wonderful idea? Um, I actually have loved the classical academic press Latin curriculum. It goes from song school Latin, which is a good early introduction for your young elementary students, all the way up through Latin Alive, which is their high school program. And I just have really loved their Latin uh, curriculum. I have a, a review of some of their Latin on my site. And I also have uh, an interview with a Charlotte Mason Latin teacher who takes kind of a little bit of a different approach to Latin, and um, that was a wonderful past podcast episode. So I will put that that link in the show notes as well. But so for us, we just have done Latin throughout the years, and uh, have not really given complete freedom of choice until 
the high school the high school years okay part three of this lovely question from amy she asks do you have go-to breakfasts or lunches for homeschool days well my (laughs) go-to breakfasts and lunches are whatever my children want to make for themselves (laughs) i do not typically um cook a breakfast or or lunch Uh, We will have a wide range of options uh, for different people and different seasons. So there might be plain yogurt. There might be eggs. There might be cereal or bagels uh, for breakfast. Um, And then for lunch, a lot of times it is either leftovers or a salad with protein or a sandwich or like a snacky lunch where it's like crackers and deli meat and cheese and veggies. Yeah. Is there? Oh, except for Emma. Emma is our unique um, chef. So what I kinds just of things like to be special? Okay. <laughs> what kinds of things do you normally make? So I really enjoy cooking, but cooking like dinner is not necessarily always feasible. So I like to make myself random. I'll see like a recipe and then I'll be like, this looks cool, but I don't actually want to follow the recipe. So then I just make something up that's loosely inspired by the recipe that I see. And I do that for most of the time when I eat lunch, I, I will either eat like leftovers or make something just for funsies. And I've kind of taught myself how to cook that way because it's very fun. And then you get something that's – it doesn't necessarily always taste good. But <laughs> when it doesn't, you learn what not to do. And you don't have to torture your whole family with it. You just torture yourself. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. So And that is often using our um, cast iron skillet at lunch occasionally we're like wow that was a lot of fish sauce let's <laughs> let's please open up a window <laughs> hey, but at least you don't have to eat it so that's right but no in general it really is um we have have encouraged our children to have independence in making their own um, breakfasts and lunches and snacks and i just keep things that are healthy and nutritious and easy to make and, um, you know, occasionally one or the other of us will want to make something and say, hey, does anyone else want this? And, and we'll help each other out. But my kiddos are pretty independent with that. Yeah, because also we're not really eating at the same time for those meals. So it wouldn't really work to have everyone eat the same thing when there could be a very large difference between when the first person is hungry and the last person is like, oh, man, I just got home after a thing in the morning that took 27 million hours and it's now three o'clock. <laughs> yes. So. Yeah, that does make a big difference. So we, we all kind of have a, a similar start time for our morning time or our school day. But especially with the older ones having more outside classes or work commitments. And then you still have younger ones who are getting up, you know, at different times from from other kids. It just makes more sense to have other things be where we prioritize that family time. One of the most exciting things for me as a homeschool parent is seeing my children curled up in the corner with a beloved book. And few things have been as challenging as seeing a child struggle with reading and spelling. We want our children to love to read and to be able to communicate with their writing, but sometimes the struggle is real. That's why I love to recommend podcast sponsor All About Learning Press. Their All About Spelling and All About Reading programs help your student become a proficient reader and speller for life. The Orton-Gillingham approach works wonders for struggling and eager learners alike. Instead of a guess-as-you-go approach, students master one concept at a time, instilling confidence and competence. 
And the scripted lessons provided in All About Learning Press curriculum mean it's easy for busy homeschool mamas to open and go so we never miss a step. If you're looking for an effective, fun, and affordable reading or spelling curriculum, check out All About Spelling and All About Reading at allaboutlearningpress.com or just click the link in the show notes. That's allaboutlearningpress.com. Yeah. Okay. This is, well, this one is also a two-parter, so I'll also divide the questions for this. But from Melissa, she asks, do you include subjects like rhetoric and logic in your homeschool? Why or why not? If they are included, how are they included? Yes. Oh, okay. So I will take logic to begin with. And first, I will just say my personal experience with logic is it was one of my favorite classes that I took as a homeschooled student back in the seventh grade. Uh, My friend's dad would actually uh, pick up one other friend and they would drive over to our house at 7 a.m., I think on Monday mornings, and we would drink chamomile tea and Mr. Kent would teach us about logic and syllogisms and fallacies and it was just the most fun thing ever. So I was super excited once Joshua got old enough to do logic and um, I actually taught him and a few other young men that class back when he was in seventh grade. I think it was seventh grade. And um, I taught Emma logic. I did a little mini class with Sophia as well last year. And um, I think it's such a valuable subject to study. Um, As a Christian, I believe that logic is actually based in the character of God. So a lot of the things that we believe to be true presuppositions, like the law of non-contradiction that, you know, you cannot have A and not A at the same time and in the same way, um, things like this are are really rooted in the character of God. And so um, as as those who are word-based and thought-based and wanting to teach my children to understand truth and to be able to think through ideas carefully and wisely, I think that the study of logic is incredibly, incredibly important. And that that takes a couple different forms. One is uh, teaching informal logic, which is going to be looking at some of the informal fallacies, sort of ideas ideas, uh, more general ideas about um, communicating in a logical way, and then formal logic, which gets more into the structure, the form of an argument, Um, and you have your P's and your Q's and and your syllogisms and things like that. So um, I didn't intend this to be like a classical academic press shout out, but I, I will actually say, again, I will mention them on this episode. We have loved their logic program. They have um, an informal logic program, which is what I have started with. I think that's a great place to start for your seventh, eighth grader. And then the formal logic class I did. I know I did that book with Joshua. Did I do that with you, Emma? I think so. I think I did it with you, but I have not yet done it with Sophia. Yeah, I did it. Yeah, you did. Okay. I just had a moment of like panic. Oh, no. Okay. No, I did do it with you. Right. No. I just, no one who was my age wanted to do logic with me. So I was the only one who didn't get a class. Not that I'm bitter at all. I'm sorry. It wasn't my fault. I know. I asked. All those silly, silly people who didn't want to do logic. (laughs) Oh, why don't they teach logic in these Exactly. Um, So, yes, I think that that is a great place to start. And it is just a lot more. It is. I'm sorry, Emma. It's more fun with friends. It is more fun with friends because you can bring in 
um, you know, videos and commercials and advertisements and just have a really good time uh, kind of picking, picking at them and finding yeah. the logical fallacies. Um, and then you do want to have a child who is a little bit more advanced in their ability to have abstract reasoning before you would attempt the formal logic because it is it is a little bit more um, – almost more like mathematically abstract in the same way that you need to be ready to think of more abstract math concepts before you go to the higher math. I think the same thing is true for formal logic. But um, And then as far as rhetoric, um, we have not uh, personally done, uh, pursued like debate or some of those um, uh, official ways of teaching the art of persuasion Um but we have used, actually, I would say, literature and writing classes um, as the avenue for teaching the art of communicating clearly and, uh, and communicating to persuade. So um, I think that is where we have focused on that uh, idea, as well as providing opportunities for public communication, um, interpersonal skills, I think. It can be easy just to think of rhetoric as some sort of um, subject that you do in isolation, but as a classical educator, really seeing it as something that plays into all of the subjects um, and is, is more a way of applying them in wisdom. So not being a manipulative communicator, right? That would be maybe a misunderstanding of the term rhetoric, but to be able to, to wisely apply the things you have learned and communicate it clearly and winsomely and in a loving way to others. So we have we have used primarily just the the writing um, for other subjects to promote that. Is that true? Do you yeah. agree? I was also thinking like there have been many, many conversations around the dinner table where someone will have a very strong opinion and defend it. And you you and dad have always encouraged us to communicate like to defend our strong opinions uh in a rhetorical way and not just like you know blather although there is some blathering but you know <laughs> to I feel like in just our normal conversations amongst the family you've always very much encouraged like good communication and reasoning in a I guess you could call it a rhetorical way I don't know yes I mean I don't I'm, know if you I'm agree not saying, but I'm not saying it's always worked <laughs> but hey <laughs> but you know we tried it we try we try okay Final final section of Melissa's question. Um, she asks, what do you pri- prioritize for your high schoolers? Which subjects, life skills, experiences, routines, etc.? Ah, so this is a really big question and is somewhat unique depending on each student and their interests and um, their particular future goals. And so I think one thing that I would prioritize is is knowing my teens, wanting to really know them as individuals and loving them and wanting to understand them, to pray with and for them, for both who they are now and for um, the future that God has planned for them and to seek to help them think through and take ownership of what that's going to look like um, and not just dictate all of the details to them for that. So I think that's one thing that's really important. Um, we have really prioritized continuing to have family devotions, to prioritize worship 
uh, weekly with our con- uh, with our local congregation and then daily as a family to continue to have time together to you know read or or uh, do our poetry memory work and things like that together to still to still focus on on some of those things. Um, we've prioritized having lots of good books to read, um, especially not even just for the academic classes, but other books that I've, I've assigned that don't get on the transcript, they're not for credit, but they're part of being a wise, well-read human being. So uh, things like, uh, like The Universe Next Door or Amusing Ourselves to Death and things like that. Um, let's see. We've prioritized um, having our teens um, be responsible for their own homework. So when they are taking outside classes, it is our complete assumption <laughs> that they will be responsible for keeping up with those assignments, and I am not going to be micromanaging them. And if they miss something, then that is on them, and they will learn. At through. the same time, you've also given us the tools to manage our own time so yes. that we know how to do it. So yes. if we don't do it, it is, in fact, our own fault. <laughs> yes, I haven't just thrown you to the wolves. <laughs> okay, I guess if you're like 14 now, now you can figure it out. No, we have we have worked up to these things um, with the real goal. We have really wanted to have them be independent, be self-sufficient, to be uh, responsible. Like we're, we're growing, well, we are not growing, but they are growing into adults, right? And so that's what we're wanting them to be. They're not adults yet, but they are on that pathway. And so we try to um, provide opportunities and uh, mentoring them in that way. Uh, and then I guess... With Joshua and Emma so far, we've also, um, who are both really academically minded and motivated, there have been opportunities for um, dual enrollment credit to to seek to uh, save long-term time and money for some of their future goals. Um, I'm not sure that we'll necessarily do that with all the kids. Um, it's not for everyone, but it's been a good fit so far for Joshua and Emma. Hmm. Are there any other things that you... <laughs> What do I prioritize, um, Emma? <laughs> I mean, like the ability to like, yeah, take care of ourselves on our own, like in both, like in all the ways, like our physicalness with like, we know how to do laundry and like get our own food if we had to. And we can also like do like structure our own time, maybe mm not excellent at it but we have the tools and you have you've opened a lot of doors and we can choose the ones that we want to go through and if we don't then that is our prerogative and perhaps our detriment but you know (laughs) yeah yeah and i have options i think also we have tried to prioritize um family not so our our immediate family but also just making sure that we prioritize extended family um, elderly relatives, service opportunities. Um, you know, I know something that you guys have heard me say a lot from when you were little, if we would go somewhere or you guys were going to go somewhere is look for the lonely, mm-hmm. like look for the people who are alone. And I think we try to um, keep that in mind as well because it can be easy. While we are all self-centered, self-consumed people by nature, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think um, especially in the teen years, that can be a real tendency to be the center of your own universe. And so I think we have have tried to pray with you guys about that and also provide 
opportunities to keep your eyes looking outside of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Would you say? Yeah. Is that accurate? Yeah. Indeed. And also, you know, teens and tweens have a lot of social and like friendship drama. This is just a true story. So there's truth a lot universally of- acknowledged, <laughs> yeah. as they say. A truth universally acknowledged, yes. So I think that like just having the opportunity to be the live in um counselor and just be like, oh, that's nice, dear. No. (laughs) (laughs) To be able to talk through those things. I'm actually really thankful for homeschooling, which just gives you a lot more opportunity to not only know your kids really well, but also to have the time to talk about those things. Yeah. So I do have some other um, posts about homeschooling high school, things I've learned as the mom of a homeschool graduate, parenting teens, all the things I don't know. <laughs> no. Um, so you can go to humilityanddoxology.com and like click on the little menu button and there is a subsection with all of my high school resources. Yeah. So. And keep keep following for the next 10 years and in, when Isaac graduates, she'll be able to give you her like fully formed, she'll be, know everything there is to know. So keep, oh stay goodness. tuned. A lot of it is just like <laughs> me realizing I don't know what I thought I knew, but but when Isaac is graduating, that's five five teenagers that you've completed so like you'll be an expert at that point i'll just like mic drop yeah you'll be like guys this is my ultimate moment this is the last episode bye (laughs) so you have to stay around for 10 years okay uh, you know leave a rating and review and make sure you're subscribed (laughs) all righty that's the last question that was the last question okay so make sure if you um, wanting to have your question answered in a future episode, you can always email me at amy at humilityanddoxology.com or you can send me a message on Instagram. I'm pretty active over there on Instagram at humilityanddoxology. Or you can also join Made to Homeschool, which is my online private homeschool community, um, and you can send me a message there. So, Emma, it's time to transition. Boom. Wow, I'm so ready. We're going to transition to a new a new segment of the podcast. Oh, how exciting. <laughs> I just ripped my sweatshirt, by the way, everyone. So oh, no. <laughs> if there was a loud rip, that's – I was like stretching with my hand in my pocket and it just tore. So anyway, this is the real, the real excitingness that you're here to listen to. <laughs> this is homeschool conversation. This is the real life. Unedited. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, anyway, really moving on now. Moving on. We're moving to the read, watch, listen uh, segments. Wow. And I'm going to pause here and uh, let Sophia and Grace have a moment to shine. Sophia, thank you so much for being willing to chat with me today. You're welcome. Well, first, can you introduce yourself? I am Sophia Sloan, your daughter. <laughs> wow. Thanks. <laughs> yes. So Sophia Sloan, my daughter, can you tell us how old you are, what grade you're in, a little bit about yourself? I am 13 years old. I am in eighth grade and I love to dance. Yes, you are a lovely ballet dancer. Well, thank you for being willing to be a guest today. I think this is your inaugural podcast experience. Are you nervous? Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) So I'm going to ask you the same questions that I'm asking Emma and Grace today, and I'm going to answer myself. And so we're going to talk about what your read. Reading recently, 
what you're listening to recently, and what you've been watching. So what is something you have read recently? I have read um, The Book Thief by Marcus Zusak. That is a historical fiction about a girl in growing up in Germany during World War II. And would you say that you generally enjoy most books, or is it harder for a book to really capture your attention? The latter, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So is there anything in particular about the book Thief that really drew you in or made you like to read it? I don't know. I just liked the story. And you do like things in World War II especially. Yes, I, think. I do like that time period. I'll just mention too, I'll try to put the link in the show notes, but I have um, a entire blog post about World War II books for teens. So the book Thief is on there. There might be others. All right. What have you watched recently that you've enjoyed? I have been watching um, the uh, TV series, All Creatures Great and Small. And that's um, about like vets in England. And honestly, there's nothing that you can't like about it. (laughs) (laughs) You really enjoy period pieces and things set, I guess, in like the early 1900s, especially maybe. Yeah. It was, like, set right before World War II. Perfect. I have watched those, although it's been a little while. I should rewatch them. Maybe we'll have to get those books out as a family. I'm getting loud. I don't know. All right. So, final question. What have you been listening to recently? So, I got a record player for Christmas, and I've been listening to um, a bunch of records. I think my the favorite one that I've listened to so far is the Sound of Music soundtrack. Very, very fun. Yeah. I was super excited about getting that record player for you, <laughs> and I'm glad you're enjoying it. Um, I guess we got some hand-me-down records, and then we went to the thrift store mm-hmm. Yeah, picked out some. Yeah. yeah. Do you have anything in particular you're looking forward to this year or this spring semester? Um, I am performing, um, The Littlest Angel for ballet, and I'm looking forward to that. And I'm really looking forward to seeing you. Well, thank you for joining me as a special guest, Sophia. You're welcome. Well, Grace, hello. Hello. I'm really glad you're here today. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Now, you are a bit of a podcast expert at this point, right? (laughs) Sure. You could say that. Yes. Well, first, introduce yourself, and then... In your introduction, tell people why you have some um, experience as a podcaster. Okay, well, my name is Grace Sloan, and I have my own podcast, which is the Peter Piper Picked a Peck of Pickled Poems podcast. Um, so Yes, and you're also a co-host with Emma on the Kids Talk Church History podcast as well, right? Yes, I am. And how old are you? I am 11 years old. And in what grade? I am in sixth grade. Sixth grade, yes. So this is, though, the first time you've been on my podcast, although we have been guests on someone else's podcast before. Yes, this is my first time on your podcast. Well, I am really glad to get to chat with you today. I am going to ask you the same questions I'm asking your sisters. So it's under the read, watch, listen category. So what are some things or a thing you have read recently? Well, I recently finished um, a book called The Dragon and the Stone, which I have really enjoyed, and 
it has like magic and dragons and all the stuff I really like in books. And that's the series we got you for Christmas, I think, right? Yes, it is. And that one was actually a recommendation that I received from Sarah McKenzie on the last podcast I did with her. As soon as she was describing it, I knew you would enjoy it. Yeah, I'm really liking it. Well, I'm glad I got you the whole series so you haven't run out of things to read quite yet. (laughs) (laughs) How about listening? What is something you have listened to recently other than, you know, your own podcasts? I don't listen to those. (laughs) But um, I have recently been listening to the Penderbrook series, and the one I've most recently been listening to is the Penderbrooks in Spring, which is the fourth book. And so, yeah, I really like that series. And so this is not even your second or third time reading that series, right? How many times have you listened or read it, do you Uh, think? Well, the first three books – that we owned on Audible, I've listened to those a lot. And then we recently got Pendrix and Spring on Audible, so I've been listening to that one a lot more. The last one I haven't listened to as much, but I've listened to this series a lot. Would you recommend it then, I, I suppose? Yes, I would. Okay, and then, Grace, what have you been watching recently? Uh, I recently have been watching Pride and Prejudice, which I have really enjoyed. Um shelves in the closet (laughs) what a happy thought indeed (laughs) always a good choice grace thank you so much for chatting with me today and if people want to hear more from you they can follow the peter piper picked a pack of pickled poems podcast which is a podcast uh, of poetry for children and their families um, or listen to the kids talk church history podcast and maybe i'll have you on here again (laughs) Okay, we're back. <laughs> Emma. Yes. Can you please tell me, tell our listeners, what is something you have read recently? Well, I have read recently. Um, uh, the Awakening of Miss Prim, which was given to me by my aunt, who is very fabulous. And if you're listening to this on Annie, I love you very much. And this is the best book ever. Um, so it is the most atmospheric book I have ever read. Oh. I should tell you who the author is. I brought the book with me specifically so I'd know who the author is. So it's The Awakening of Miss Prim by Natalia San Martin Fenolera. Sure. Sure. We'll, we'll call it that, okay? Um, and it is the most atmospheric book I have ever read in my whole life. It just feels like you are there in the moment with the characters. All the characters are lovely and you just want to be besties with all of them. It's like very cottagecore. And, like, I don't know. It's just glorious, um, but it's also very, like, literary and philosophical. philosophical, And it's just grand, and I love it. I, um, my grandparents had brought the the gifts from the, um, from the cousins because we weren't able to see them this Christmas. And I opened the, the thing, and I was like, whoa, this is a very pretty book. And then I read it all that evening, the evening that I got it in one sitting. So... It's not very long. Would highly recommend to all of you. So you should go read it right now. Actually, finish the podcast and then <laughs> go read it. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> next, what have you been watching recently? Well, most recently, as in this afternoon, um, we watched As You Like It, which is my favorite Shakespeare play. The We watched the Kenneth Branagh version, and they left out one of my favorite scenes, which – 
not that I'm bitter about that at all, but it is, it was very lovely. Um, it's just such a funny, funny play. And the, the Kenneth Branagh touch, you know, had the, the gallivanting around singing with flowers at the end. So everything is very happy and it has a very happy ending. All It's just so funny. And it has like these very strong, witty female characters, not in a like strong, independent female character kind of like stereotype way, but in just a like, man, I want to be friends with these people. They're hysterical and like very smart and witty and just amazing. You know, Shakespeare, it, he rocks. Yes, indeed. That was a really fun watch this afternoon with you guys. And um, you brought up, I had not really thought about this, but you brought up to me that you thought As You Like It is is more like a fairy tale. It really is cool because it has like the third son who goes off um, into the world to like, and it has the princess, and it, but also in a way the like, Rosalind also kind of has this like the, fa- the fairy in disguise kind of thing, mm-hmm. especially at the end where you know she ha- does her magic trick mm-hmm. of the transformation in this almost like Cinderella kind of way. But it it has a lot of, and it's also like you know in the forest, it has a lot of fairy tale elements, which I had not realized until I read it this most recent time. And then watching the thing, kind of, I was like, yeah, this really is like Shakespeare's fairy tale. So. Mm-hmm. So that is a recommendation then to, uh, I guess, read, watch, and listen to yes. as you like it. <laughs> yeah, all of the above. I mean, I could have just said that one for all of them, and this would have been way shorter, but, you know. Less fun. That's fun. <laughs> okay, and now, Emma, let's see. We've done read. We've done watch. What are you listening to recently? I have been listening to various, all the various albums by the Ohalos, which is my favorite band in the whole wide world. They are a folk rock uh, band this uh, Christian siblings who do music and they're inspired by C.S. Lewis and Tolkien and Greek mythology and they all, all their their music is really really good and I've been especially loving their Christmas album the first one especially the Ohlos Family Christmas which is just lovely and their music it feels like it scratches all the itches in your brain when you listen to it it just in the best way it's so good Yes, when Amazon Music gave us our, like, 2023 wrapped, and it was like, this is what you've listened to most this year. I was like, I think this is Emma's playlist. Yeah. <laughs> She's kind of <laughs> taken it over. But all yeah. very good. I, li- I liked all the music. Yeah. It was on there. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess I need to answer this question. There you question. go. Okay, Mom. What have you read recently? Okay. So I had um, come up with my 40 before 40 list back in uh, August. Because I turned 39 in August and – stop it. <laughs> and a previous podcast guest, Elsie Uticello, had talked to me about how she had created her 40 before 40 list, which was her 40 favorite books that she wanted to reread before she turned 40. Like really make that last year of her 30s this lovely – reading experience and I thought that was such a great idea and I created a very very long list because um, I like in- included entire series as one title because I have trouble I feel like that's totally legit though yes but whenever then- anyone asks you your favorite book you're like this series of 12 books exactly don't we all <laughs> so the problem the slight problem with that is um I, I created that list BC before cancer and I have been going through the list a lot more slowly than I intended, and I have been sidetracked by things like, how about if I just read a bunch of murder mysteries? That feels cozy. Or what about just returning to a lot of Georgette Heyer books? 
That's See, comfort. the list is not exclusionary, so it's not saying you can only eat those. That's right, and it is my own list, so I can Boom. do what I want. Exactly. So I've been kind of um, going back and forth a little bit of reading from that list, which actually has been lovely. In fact, Caddy Woodlawn was on that list. I uh, made that be a, a read aloud because it's, yeah. it's just great. Okay, interrupting about Caddy Woodlawn. So I have not been at morning time every single day for – the past semester because of I had some early morning early morning classes in the fall semester but this week we started back morning time and I've actually been here which has been great but they were finishing like the last couple chapters of Caddy Woodlawn and so I've read it before but it was a really long time ago but let me tell you like the last like chapter okay started reading it I have not I I have basically no context because it's been so long since I've read it and I was crying okay guys this is not even fair to make me cry on the first day back to morning time. Like, hello? I mean, it's a I really did not good sign up for this. It's really good, and you should all go read it. It's like the little house books, but way better. Yes. <laughs> and um, so that's what I've been reading. I don't know. I forgot what else I was going to say about that. But yeah. Sorry. That's what I've been reading. <laughs> anyway, okay. What have you watched recently? Well, uh, John and I have been watching the uh, Ken Burns documentary series on jazz. We have found that documentaries are sort of like an intersection of something we both enjoy watching. So that has been really fun. Um, and then with Sophia and Grace, sort of our, our bonding time has been a rewatch. Well, it's my rewatch. It's their first time through uh, Monk, which is an old classic uh, television mystery series. Just very fun. Well, what have you been listening to? I have been listening to a lot of Shakespeare because you challenged me to read a Shakespeare play a week. And so I have been keeping up with that with um, an audio version, which has all of the plays in one Audible um, download, which was a pretty great bang for my buck. Yeah. Handy and inconvenient. Mm -hmm. I've also been listening to those, but just lest you think that I was letting her do it all by herself and that I was not keeping up. I have been too, okay? Yeah, that's been really fun. I think we're going to have to do a whole episode about what we've learned yes. about Shakespeare with this sort of yeah. approach to it. Really solidify different. my position as the most repeated guest. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, you guys, I know this has been a little bit of a different episode, a little bit haywire perhaps, certainly a lot less um, planned out. I did not have a script this time at all and um, barely had an outline. We were just following the vibes. But um, that has been this year. A lot has been doing things imperfectly, but still doing them finding the value in the simple things and um, still finding things to laugh about together. This episode has been a metaphor for homeschooling, mom. <laughs> it's a metaphor for homeschooling. Yes. So you guys, um, I would love it if you would subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. If you would tell a friend, I promise I do have some actual professional interviews um, actually already recorded and they will be coming your way every other week. Um, Lord willing, I am going to to keep up with that throughout this spring semester. Um, and um, I would love for you to join me as well in the upcoming Winter Wonder Homeschooling Challenge, which is totally free, coming in just a few weeks. And you can sign up for that at humilityanddoxology.com slash winterwonderchallenge or check the link in the show notes. And until next time, happy homeschooling. Thanks for listening in on this week's homeschool conversation. For show notes and links to all the resources we discussed, head to humilityanddoxology.com 
slash homeschool dash conversations. And if these episodes are an encouragement to you, would you take a moment to leave a rating and review and to share it with your friends? I am so thankful that you are here on this adventure with me. Let's repent of our constant striving, relish the joy of learning, and rest in the work of Christ on our behalf. Stand fast, my friends.